This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. It's your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Chuck, not here today, David. He's uh, He lost a tooth last night, folks. Let's uh, <laughs> We'll cut him a little bit of slack. It was funny, the email... Uh, he uh, he sent he, clearly his uh, he sent from his iPhone. Clearly, he's having uh, issues with the Spanish to English. And if any of our listeners, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of the words were in with Spanish. If uh, anybody out there, any of our listeners, know a good way to make the iPhone just recognize whatever language you're typing in, because it seems like every time I want to type in English, it tries to put a Spanish word. Everyone up. Every time I want to type in Spanish, it like ends up autocorrecting to English, and it's really annoying. So get at us uh, if you uh, you can check us out. Contact us via Davis webpage at americaswebradio.com, or you can go to uh, immigration.net and contact Chuck Ryan. Give us some tips, because uh, and we're both uh, iPhone guys, uh, iPad guys. We we know how to use this stuff, but for some reason, at least I can't uh, I can't get it to <laughs> just auto recognize. It always autocorrects to the language I don't want to use. Uh, so. Today, David, we still got a crisis on the uh, on the southern border. People still coming, uh, but this week, the administration finally started to uh, to do something about it, as it were. Oh yeah, <laughs> as it were. I'm uh, impressed. Yeah, exactly. And I I gotta say, I've kind of vast. I don't want to say vacillated, but I don't know if I had made up my mind really on uh, whether or not. Or what we should really do with this because it's a problem, and and I, you know, the people that are having to deal with this, the people on the ground, you know, I sympathize with them because it's it's a crisis, and I, I think I'm coming down on the side of we we just got to let them stay at this point because we're sending back people. Uh, just just some statistics for the first flight that went back to uh, San Pedro Sula, Honduras. Uh, Google it, folks. Highest murder rate in the world. So, David, what do you think? Uh, and this is kind of this is going to kind of be the next shoe to drop in this crisis, is because you're going to get press on the uh, return of these folks. When you have a mother coming to the U.S. with uh, children, and they're paying seven thousand dollars or more sometimes to a smuggler, uh, basically selling everything they have, giving up everything they have to try to come to the U.S. And then we send them back two, three weeks, four weeks, a month later after they get here, and we're sending them back. David, these people are going to less than what they had before. We're putting them in a worse situation. And I think that at this point, uh, it, because it's such a humanitarian crisis, we have – We've got to do something because, like I said, this is the next shoe to drop. You're going to see press on these people and the conditions they're being returned to, uh, and you're going to hear stories of exploitation of these people once they get back by these just corrupt and just criminal uh, regimes in these uh, three main countries of the Northern Triangle, El Salvador, Guatemala, and uh, Honduras. and. I think that's going to cause – hopefully will cause some people to uh, you know, pause and really realize what this crisis is all about and why, uh, why these people are coming to the U.S. now. Why is there this, this surge? And, and it's such a complicated issue, but unfortunately our politicians uh, just want to blame each other. 
and they none of them i don't i don't think any of them really understand what the true cause is for uh, all these people coming and uh, recently, you have the Republicans in, in Congress that want to blame o- Obama's lax immigration policies, and you have Obama who wants to do something on immigration reform, blaming Congress. And, and really the root causes of this crisis are so much deeper and so much uh, have to do with things that occurred well before this administration was in power. So I, th- I think they're, they're all just idiots, and they don't they're, – they're just making the situation worse. Um, you know, so I, I hope that when we when we do start seeing images and hearing stories of these uh, people when they are when they're sent back, uh, that it causes people to kind of uh, you know take a second look at it because, like Chuck and I have mentioned on the show before, if this was any other country, I mean, if we had Canadians coming in uh, on the northern border because the situation in Canada was so uh, the the situation the crime and. And government corruption, everything was was that ba- as bad as it as it is in in Central America in these countries. I don't necessarily think we'd have as much of a problem with it in this country, simply because we don't have this uh, this overwhelming react negative reaction to uh, Hispanic migration north. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dave? Would you <laughs> be fine? With, would you be thoughts? Uh, you're sitting over there, you're just chopping at the bit. I mean, well, I mean, do you think we would? Uh, it would be the same situation. I mean, we tell other countries all the time that hey, you got to accept all these refugees. I mean, and and we're really talking out of both sides of our mouth on this because these people are refugees. Well, I, I think you know, and you are a uh, uh, whatever of the court. Uh, being an attorney, and you are being an attorney, you're also a constitutionalist, yes. I would assume. Yes. And I, I think you have two issues, and, and what I heard coming from you, which is fine, I, I, I don't disagree, but what I heard coming from you was your humanitarian side, not your legal side. And well, I think that... Uh, you know, there has to be the legal portion of it has to be addressed, right? Or we've opened both ends of the barn and it ain't going to stop. And I agree. Uh, you know, I'm my major concern is, and and you all made the point the other day. You know, fifty thousand—that's not that big a number in a country. You know, and I and well, I won't argue million, with that. Right. You know, but. There's still the legal issue, and my concern is the disease. And uh, if they're bringing in, you know, whatever it might be, tuberculosis up and down the gambit, and and again, I don't fault them. They they come from squalor, and, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't fault them, but... You want to make sure that the legal side is taken care of. You know, uh, I want to protect our citizens as well. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest mistakes, and it's it's like, thank God we don't have a big family, but it'd be like uh, my wife's cousin calling up and saying her ten kids and husband were coming in to stay with us for a month. Uh, I couldn't handle ten kids in my house, and I have a fairly good-sized house. Yeah. So my point being is we were totally unprepared for this, and yet I think we knew that it was coming.
coming. Well, it's, it's um, not like it snuck up on us. It's been surging upward for the last uh, couple of fiscal years. Okay, so you got that. And then I think one of the worst mistakes you can make, you know, they've the kids don't understand it, I'm sure. The adults do understand it right. that have come in illegally. So, with all of that being said, I really don't totally have an opinion on do we give them amnesty or, or whatever. But, from the get-go, they should have been corralled. Mm-hmm. They should be put in, quote-unquote, a place, quarantined of sorts, checked out, and then released. The worst saying in the world with this it was the stupidity of saying... Go get on a bus or a plane, and we're yeah. going to ship you to a small town or city or whatever. Right. That certainly can't handle it. That's stupid. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to characterize that as well. But you know, I, I want to back up to your point of the humanitarian side and the legal side on this. And and I, your point is very well taken. I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive. And the the reason why is because our current statutory scheme, the, the the current situation of the laws, allows us to treat, if, if we characterize them properly as a surge of refugees to our country, and by any defin- of re- definition of refugee, they are. They are refugees. We have people coming from countries with, uh, Honduras has the highest murder rate in the world. The highest. So, they, What's in the administration down to Honduras? Yeah. Oh, they just had a right-wing coup in 2009, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But the bottom line is they're refugees, and we should treat this as a refugee crisis. We were able to deal with significantly greater numbers of people uh, with the Mariel boat lift uh, in South Florida in the, what was that, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, sometime. Uh, we, are, we could be equipped to deal with this if both sides did not attempt to politicize it. We have the financial... I'm saying we have the wherewithal if we want to, to take care of this problem. And a lot of these people listen. Yeah, they may be in bad conditions down there right now while things get ramped up and everything, but a lot of them, they'd be fine with it because it's better than what they're coming from. And I think you're... David, you're, you're right. We should, you know, take precautions of, you know, medically screening refugees and everything. That's what refugee camps are for. But at the end of the day... Uh, the current administration doesn't want the eyesore that a refugee camp is uh, on our southern border and uh, wants to you know, use this as political capital because these, these people have no voice here. So speedily deporting them and getting them out of the public eye is... Uh, speedily, 38 at a time, let's see. Well, speedily, I mean, his, he, he wants to do that. But the, the bottom line is this is a humanitarian crisis, and we have the legal framework already existent to deal with this crisis. We just need to characterize it properly and stop politicizing it. That's what the problem is. And both sides are guilty of politicizing it. Okay. And again, I don't disagree with you, but where I I will throw out one of the biggest issues here, and I I know that he's your president. (laughs) My president. But I think I might dislike uh, you more than you, David. But the fact of the matter is, what's lacking besides the truth in all of this is the fact that we don't have leadership. 
Well, if I we agree, 100%, had a 100%, leader 100%. that stood up and said, look, here's what's happening in Honduras and uh, El Salvador, I agree. And, and we're going to accept them yep. as refugees. Yep. We've got internment, I guess uh, that's as good Refugee camps. They're refugee not pretty. Camp. They're and not pretty. You can call them internment, you can have whatever you want. They're not pretty. cities thrown mm-hmm. up in a matter of hours almost. Oh, we, we throw up. David... I've seen and then you start the funnel. And yep, you start and you just funnel them in. And you know what? We could have, we have, like I said, we have the technological ability. David, I saw in Afghanistan, we would put up fobs there in a matter of days. Shipping containers, HESCOs, fill them with dirt, get some cranes down there, tents up. I mean, we you can get Navy CBs down there building Quonset huts. I mean, quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, so. We we can respond to this. It's just the it takes, like you said, David. It takes leadership, and that's what we have a lack of right now, uh, congressionally, uh, uh, presidentially, uh, from from all sides. There's just a lack of leadership, and it'd almost be better if you just had somebody come out and say one way or the other what we're going to do, and we're going to stand by it. Obviously, you know, I have my own opinion about what we should do, and. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to address some of the root cause of this, causes of this, you know, surge of uh, of refugees here uh, throughout the show. David, at the end of the day, we are largely responsible for uh, for the root causes of this in the way that we have dealt with these countries over the last thirty to forty years, interfering in their uh, electoral politics, interfering in their militaries, and and created the, I mean these civil wars that raged in these countries through, uh, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way up through the 90s. Uh, you know, we, we we caused a lot of these problems. And, uh, you know, <laughs> obviously uh, the war on drugs, which I'm going to talk about uh, probably after we come back from the break in a little bit here, you know, is, is a big reason why all this stuff is happening. And so I think that it's even more incumbent upon us as a nation to uh, – to accept them as refugees because we've caused part of this problem. And, you know, another uh, cause that I'll address in more detail as the show goes on is we have a lot of these people here who we uh, who are from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras who came here uh, in the 80s and have been here for a long time and are simply trying to be reunited with their family because they don't have the ability to travel very easily. So um, – I'll leave you with that. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and get into more of these the root causes of this uh, refugee crisis. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national... Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. 
This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Back to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. Host Rocky Rockle. Chuck's still not with us. Probably at the dentist getting that tooth taken care of, David. He's, uh, or he was, or he's still in the garden. I don't know. Well, uh, I'll, uh, I'll question him at length. Uh, yeah, very, sure. Do you get to go in the big man's office? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got an open door policy over at, uh, at Cook Immigration Partners, David. I mean, anybody can go anywhere, anytime. Uh, I can't. They won't let me pass the front desk. <laughs> they won't let you pass the front desk. Well, I'll say enter office. We'll, well, I have an open door policy. You can come see me whenever you want, David. My clients can too, but yeah, I'll go in and uh, I will uh, interrogate Chuck at length for a report on the uh, the lost tooth, as well as a garden update, because I know there's probably some listeners that uh, are tuning in. And they're like, this guy, he's not even going to talk about gardening? Out of here! They like the, they, they're tuning in for the gardening minute, and you know what? I'm I'm about to move into my new house. I'm going to get a garden up in the spring. You know, we'll uh, you know, I will be able to contribute more to. Around. I can, but uh, I am going to be more focused on getting my kids into school and taking care of the list of things that my wife will have for me the first couple of months over that house. So, springtime, I'll have a gardening. I'll be able to contribute in a more meaningful way to the gardening minute on the immigration hour. <laughs> uh, but let's get back to the uh, – I mean this this refugee – I mean this humanitarian crisis on our southern border. And, David, I just want to throw a couple of numbers out just so people can kind of get a – you know, because we talk about the uh, Honduras having the highest murder rate in the world. But throw numbers out so you, people can compare uh, – so you, people can just kind of grasp the, the, the gravity of the situation there. We have a, a murder rate uh, in the U.S. here, a homicide rate of uh, per one. Uh, homicide rates are judged by per 100,000 residents. We have a rate under five in this country. I think it's like 4.8, 4.9 uh, murders per 100,000 residents. David, do you know how many murders there are in Honduras per 100,000 residents for the last reporting year? There's a He's walking wonder. in. He's walking in. But I'm going to finish up this stat this is, because this is, this is a stunning. crazy stat. David, just take a wild guess. We have five murders per 100,000, under five per 100,000 in this country. Do you know what Not the rate? Chicago. No, Chicago was taken out of those stats. Had the special thing. Yeah. They have a special thing. Uh, since Capone times. David, five take it. Take it. Five out of every hundred thousand people. It's like four point nine out of every hundred thousand people are murdered in this country year annually. David, do you know what the rate is on Honduras? I want you to take a guess. Twenty-five. Ninety. That I read that this morning. I mean, that's just that is shocking. It's stunning. I, yeah, I mean, I, that is literally a two. Th- what is that? Two thousand. No, that's well. San Pedro Sula is probably more. It's, like it's yeah. It's, it's ninety in in San Pedro Sula. It's got the highest murder rate of any city in the world. But Honduras has the highest murder rate of any country in the world. Ninety people out of every hundred thousand. You know, that it's interesting. I had that's crazy. Uh, a very interesting consultation um, uh, with a Honduran woman mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, uh, who had been in the United States. Uh, she got here initially in. 2005, had been picked up at the border, Yep. had been given a notice to go to court. She went to court, got ordered deported, stayed, she didn't leave, and in 2010, but during the height of the recession, she said, I'm going to go back home. Yep. So she did, with a lot of people did, they went back home. Yeah. Her, and her, her and two kids, two kids born of the U.S. citizens. Her husband had TPS. Right, so, so he, he was stayed able here. to stay. She said, 2010, and he was fine. Honduras was fine. We, we were okay. 2011, I started getting threatening calls. And business from people saying they wanted money from me. So in 2011, I came back to the U.S. I got caught. I was immediately deported back to Honduras. I got back. 
they started calling me again. They started visiting until they were going to rape me. They were going to kill me if I didn't pay them this yep. money. So I left again in 2012. I got to the border. They arrested me. They put me in federal prison for 60 days. For it deportation. Yep. Then they deported me. I got back to my home country. This is all the way. She's got two kids with her this whole time. Uh, two U.S. citizen kids. Uh, in 2013, they started all over again. I mean, they just and this time they was. She said this time they were serious. <laughs> uh, and it's not, that's uh, not something to laugh about. Life. That's, yep. She came back in 2013. Didn't get caught. She got in this time. It happens. Not many yeah. people get through these. No, it's it's and tough. So the question is, what can I do? And I said nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. I mean, people. She wasn't coming here for economic reasons. No. She had her kids. Economically, she was okay. Right. She literally came here because she felt she was going to be killed. Yep. What would you do? If you felt that, that staying where you were would mean that you would be killed, what would you do? You're, you're going to incur all those this costs. Is, this wasn't about to Tempra, come. the 2008 law no. change. Nope. This is literally, I am afraid for my life. Mm-hmm. So what happened between 2010 and 2011 that caused these big differences in Honduras? A couple things. One, this is just Honduras. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Honduras became in 2011 the main transit way station for aerial flights coming out of South America. Oh, I love you getting drug wars on on drugs. Yeah, no, that is Honduras became the basically was the landing strip in Latin America. Yeah, and that brought a whole bunch more money uh, into the uh, into the into into the country. Bad money. Bad money. Corrupt Uh, money. Brought drugs and brought corruption. That yep. was one thing. Two, we escalated in 2000. Well, who's Obama deporting? Right? He's deporting all these people, right? Yeah. Who did he go after? Who's his famous word? The gangbangers, the right? Gangbangers. Gangbangers. Yep. Well, in fact, he did deport yeah. the gangbangers. Right. Back to Honduras. And, of course, they changed their ways and everything was fine once they got back to Honduras. No. They knew one lifestyle. It was the gang lifestyle. They said, okay, I wasn't the king. I was a low-level scumbag in L.A. I'm the king back but, here. Yeah, they learned I'm how the game kingdom went. here. So you had this... Yep. This confluence of drug of drug money coming in, yep. and then gang and gang violence coming in, as it's just yeah. Here here's the uh, here's the San Pedro Sula uh, stat hundred and eighty per hundred thousand. I knew it was 000. crazy. I knew it was hundred and eighty per hundred thousand. That is, I mean, that's crazy. That's what one point eight percent. It's practically like Chicago. <laughs> practically, <laughs> I think about it. We made a big deal. Chicago had like thirteen people killed over uh, July Fourth week. Yeah. That's nothing compared that's, to these guys. That's, that's not, they would be glad to have that murder rate yeah, every, these, daily. These guys are getting uh, eight to ten a day. I mean, it is, it is. I mean, it's a war zone. Dying. Yeah, yeah, it's a war zone. That's I mean, the people they're finding. Yeah, yeah it's people that are dying. That's, they're maimed, uh, harmed. Doesn't mm-hmm. include the exposure. She was saying, this woman was telling me, it was a fascinating conversation with her. I mean, really, there's nothing I could do for her. Uh, other than say, you know, wait for the law to change and see what happens. But you got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh and she won't go back. I mean, she's no. not going back. No. If they stop her, They'll she will prison. say, I, I, I'd rather go to prison here. Yeah. I'd rather go to prison in the United States yep. than be back over there in the yep. gangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, this whole idea of uh, of this being started by Obama with DACA or this 2008 Wilberforce um, Act. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not. It's just not. It's, it's it's this is sure. about crime and violence. Yep. Well, let me ask you. In her situation, would it be possible is she obviously has money or, or her husband is making a good well he'd make it mean, probably making 30,000 a year 40,000 a year doing whatever he does whatever but would it be feasible for her to go somewhere like Canada or some other country? well here, here's the problem with her how does she get to Canada 
physically oh. speaking? How does she yeah, physically well, get to Canada? There's only one no way to get passport. to Canada. She's getting, well, she has a passport, yeah. but she'd have to get a, a. She can't transit directly to to Canada through the U.S. Now, I guess she could now. She's here. She hasn't caught. She go to Canada, but Canada's system is she will go to the border. She will not have a visa. Right. So they will say, great. Our refugee system, Canadian's refugee system, if you apply up there, is typically they will let you in for about a year while they adjudicate your case. But sometimes they turn you around. Right. So their system's been changing a safe lot. Safe third country yeah. passes. Hey, you're, you're, you're in a safe third country. Wait there and we'll get back to you on your refugee right. claim. Well, and then the U.S. gets there and says, we're going to deport you back to Honduras. Is there any place that a person <laughs> in this situation could go, get new citizenship, for, G- for given, given the absolute poverty in which really no, I mean they, countries don't want to accept these people. That's why they're refugees. Jeez, I mean, yeah. they if if they had some sort of thing, if they had something to, this is going to sound really crass. I mean, if they had something to offer these countries, people would be lining up to accept well, them. You know, but they really, don't, and that's the humanitarian crisis element of this thing. You know, the interesting thing about this whole situation. I, I have a good friend on Facebook. He's a good friend growing up. A really good young man. Good, not young anymore. A good guy. Uh, he says, well, give them food, give them a place to take a shower, and send them back. We should follow the law. Well, that's not yeah. following the law. We talked about that earlier on yeah, the show. Yeah, we're not following the law. Did so if you really want to follow the law, we have to go through the process. Exactly. Now, of course, they want to change the you law You don't want now. to see the eyesore of going through the law on think the southern about this. border. We, have re- we resettle in the U.S. every single year between seventy and 80,000 people. Easily. Easily. No that's issues. our number. That's the yeah. numbers we resettle every right. year. Do you know that, David? Did you know we resettle refugees every year? All the time. And where do we resettle them from, usually? This is really interesting because this, a lot of these folks tend to be a little bit anti-Islam, okay, anti-Muslim, a little bit. Uh, many of the people resettle is Muslim are Muslims. Africans. Muslim Af- refugees. Africa, yeah. African mm-hmm. refugees, yep. Muslim refugees. Think about what happened in Bosnia. Okay, It was before your time in the military, but <laughs> we resettled hundreds of thousands of Bosnians here. Many of them were Muslim. These are Christians coming up here. Yeah. These and, people and, have more culturally in common with, with us, us than, than anyone else I'm just in the saying, world. it's just interesting. It's ironic. You you don't complain about the other refugees resettling here, nope. maybe because you don't know about it. Right. But the reality yeah. is, because you don't know about it, but, you know, it's part of the imperative as a nation in the world that we protect refugees. Mm-hmm. We've signed treaties that we will do so. We've signed treaties on the process that we will engage in to do so. And every year we do accept Why wouldn't we say this year? We're just going to accept Central American refugees. I'm sorry, Bosnia. I'm sorry, Africa. Oh. I'm sorry, Asia. We're going to re- accept refugees from Central America. One, one of us made a very good point before you got here. Okay. David, it was David made a great point. We, we, won't, we won't go into name calling, but anyway. Put one in that but, list. But no, what you just said, though, Charles, comes back to what I said Rocky and I talked about, is the fact that we don't have leadership. We don't have oh, anybody yeah. with the Congress to stand up and say, okay, this is what's happening in their home country. We're going to take them in. We're going to do what we should do legally mm-hmm. and morally. Mm-hmm. And this is it. that's it. Now, maybe this is why your president, and Rocky's president. <laughs> He's Mike. It's Mike. That's right. Ha- did you guy. hear this? And this, this is scary if you stand back and listen to what's been said. He has just ordered that the FCC, uh, that instead of going through the networks to say, I want to give a speech at 8 o'clock tonight, that he will just automatically be able to flip a switch and everybody that has their TV on. No. 
Here. No, Dave, Kill I don't switch. believe that. Kill switch for the internet. It, it, I, I, I don't indeed. believe that. It came out today. Oh, Dave, where did you read that? I'm like, it uh, wasn't. It was on the news. That daily? I mean, where, where, where no, is this no. from? This was, this I'm going to look this up during the break, Dave. Well, I, I, got, I, got a stat, I got a stat really fast here. This is from a Brookings from 2006. Who knows? But it just, whether their methodology is correct or not. But that 180 number we were talking about, Chuck, I'm looking through this uh, these numbers here for, this is Baghdad, height. Of oh, the stuff, 2006. Okay. Right. I mean, we people dying right and left. Yeah, the highest rate per hundred thousand I can find, 137. Yeah, so and that was like we would war zone, war zone, folks, war zone. We have significantly more than that in a city that is sending people here. And what are we doing about it? Dirty illegal immigrants got to send them back. Put them on a plane now. The, the yeah. statutory scheme well, allows anyway, us to I, treat this as a humanitarian crisis. The, the fact that we don't have leadership. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't find anything about the FCC interrupting president networks to give presidential <laughs> speeches, David, but uh, I did look that up. But at the same time, uh, I agree with you. The leadership is absent by Obama, mm-hmm. uh, by his folks at Homeland Security, by his attorney general. By Congress, I mean, my gosh, there isn't. There are very few people in Congress that could lead their way out of a wet paper bag. Uh, and uh, it is it is just stunning to me. This this like today, for example, John Cornyn, uh, along with um, Representative, I think it's Gonzalez from Texas, both Texas guys, one Republican, one Democrat, one in the Senate, one in the House, have a bipartisan, bicameral proposal, which you know, while I don't think is the greatest thing in the world, is certainly a part of the solution. Part of the solution, but it it, it, it turns the blind eye to the underlying problem. Uh, and it, it doesn't deal with the root cause of this. We're going to take a break here on uh, the Immigration Hour and come back to talk more about some of these other root problems on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del Grupo de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net With all the back and forth in today's politics, It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. This show is Chuck Cook and Rocky Rockcliffe. Uh, Rocky, we've got a lot of listeners out there. We do. We do. It's really we really appreciate everybody who downloads the podcast uh, and listens to us, and and the three people who listen live on uh, radio <laughs> Radio Sandy Springs here. Every, everything is. Is time that even on the air anymore, David? <laughs> that does. It's all on the internet now. I'm telling you, everything that's a li- lot, everything that's done live has so many more listeners in time shift mode. Uh, I can't remember the last time I watched something live or listened to something live. It's all podcast. Everybody is just. 
I mean, that is where that's where it's at. And we have a lot of people, a lot more people, I think, downloading the podcast than uh, than anything. I, I agree. By by the way, David, I, I have now looked on Fox News, uh, the, the source of all misinformation uh, uh, from the from the. Far Come on, right. we got to give a shout out to CNN on that. Oh, CNN too, too. but I, I got nothing on the president uh, now <laughs> oh. taking control of networks to give speeches. Um, I got nothing on that, man. You Look weren't up, watching. We weren't. We're watching Fox and Friends in the morning. Which is more appropriately named Fox and Stupid Friends. Brown-haired guy who is not Steve Ducey. I love it when Stuart clowns on the (laughs) John Stewart is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Um, He's great. But I was on on Chip Franklin's show last night. Do you know Chip Franklin on uh, WE's on uh, 106.7? Conservative talk show. It's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Really good guy. I was on his show last night at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about the refugee crisis. He also invited Ruben Navarrete, but apparently Ruben's phone disconnected or something, so uh, he, was, he was not on, which I love would have. We should see if we can get Ruben Navarrete to come on our podcast. I doubt he would do it, but I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, he's do a pre, been, pre-tape segment. He's, he's been great on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, uh, he was talking this his position is this is a refugee crisis. Absolutely. This isn't about illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. The, yesterday, so yesterday I had that one woman come in from Honduras and another woman come in from Mexico. Uh-huh. I shouldn't have said it was Mexico, but when it comes in and she's got two little kids with her, and you could tell she's she's recent. I mean, she came in. She's she's she just looks recent. I mean, yeah. So she has that deer in the headlights kind of look right. about her. And uh, she hands me her documents, and these are parole documents. I ninety four card with her picture on it for her and her two small children. One's probably three. One's probably one. So where are you from? I'm from Acapulco. Okay. Um, uh, why are you up here? Uh, they want to kill me because it's off the chain in Acapulco right now. Oh, I mean, it's they, Acapulco is, is they, the is the Panzer Brosula of, uh, of uh, Mexico. southern Mexico at yeah, this it's point. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, I said they want to kill me. I said, "Well, where's your husband?" Uh, I don't have. I, where, where's the, Where's the boy's father? Because I knew better to ask mm-hmm. my husband. They don't have a father. Well, technically speaking, they do. Um, <laughs> unless you're the Virgin Mary, I think you pretty much have <laughs> yes. a father. Well, he he was killed by the cartels. Okay. Uh, so how did you get up here? So I, I took a bus to Tijuana, and I said I want to come to America. I said, no, wh- wh- where did you cross? Well, no, I, I literally went to the border, to the border to station the border entry. with the officers. When all the cars come in, you know, have you seen the, the pictures of big cars? I walked up and said, I'm afraid to be in Mexico. They said, great, come on in. They took a statement. Yep. They issued. This is only two weeks ago, by the way. Yep. They issued her documents and they let her into the United States. I, th- I think they're surprised some guidance at ports of entry yeah. to process them this way. Yeah. Um, because they, it's much more orderly than uh, it is when you just detain mass amounts of them on the on the Texas border. Yeah. Uh, so she just. I said, "Did you pay anybody?" No, I just literally took a bus. Came up. I just did it myself. And she found you through the radio show, right? I wish that was the case. I think it might have been a different radio show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I explained to her, "Look, ma'am, you you don't have. I mean, you have a claim for asylum, but you're not going to win it. No, not. Uh, and you know, I called the 800 number to see if she had a court hearing yet, and there's no court hearing set yet. I yeah. said, "You're likely to have a very quick court hearing." Yep. Although she's now released, I talked to a government lawyer today. He said, "Well, she's released now." No, she's those. Those are only for the, those that are continuously detained. Yep. The rapid court hearing. So those that are released, like her, they're back in the queue, man. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's true. And I said, "Look, at the end of the day, you're going to file an asylum case. We're likely going to lose because you, your claim, while cognizant, is basically it's if you say Georgia, su- it's not legally it's sufficient. sufficient. I mean, you don't really not. meet the standard and." Yep. Uh, you're going to have to leave. I mean, you can appeal. It might take six months, eight months, ten months, two years, three years. But at the end of the day, 
you're going to have to go back to Mexico. And I said, why didn't you go to, and it's interesting, why didn't you go to DFA, this capital of Mexico, where it's relatively safe? I mean, it's not terrible. Right. I don't, any, I, don't, I don't know anybody there. She knows people here probably, though. Her mom is up here. Exactly. You've been here for you're 14 gonna, years. You're, you're going to go where yeah. you have family. Who's also take care of you. Yeah, but I you mean, always go to family, exactly. and you're always going to go where it's most safe. Exactly. And, you know, this, that is the, that's emblematic of a refugee crisis. I mean, if there were – if I Googled telltale signs of refugee, yeah. I, this, this was just like this is it. This well, is I think it. what shocks Americans, it's that it's happening on our doorstep. Yeah, we don't want to admit that we have countries right next to us that are worse than some of the worst places in the Middle East. Yeah, we don't mind them having a million people in refugee camps in Jordan from Syria, or no. two million people. No, that, Those are esoteric happenings, esoteric numbers to us. Right. Oh, yeah, for those poor refugees, here's $5 from the TV show I just watched, The Sentence of the Refugees. Yep. But when they show up on your border, like, send them back. We don't have room for these people. Yeah. They don't one, want the eyesore on the on the border. One, we do have room for these people. Absolutely, everybody. there's only about sixty thousand of them. Now, <laughs> the, the fear is, of course, it's doubled every year for the last five years. What if it doubles again? Well, that I think that message is being sent. I don't think that's going to happen. But sixty thousand kids and people—that's yeah. nothing. 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 It's nothing. We, we have 310 million people in America. <laughs> exactly. Well, why, my friend says, why don't you put them in your house then? Why should I have to pay for them? Where are you paying for them? What? Are they going to your house? Yes, yeah. Get out of here. They're, They're not going to your them. house. They're going to somebody's house who wants them to be here or they wouldn't come. Exactly. Exactly. Most of these people who don't need government aid will never have government exactly. aid. Exactly. Yeah, they'll process for a couple of days at a terrible helera and some freezer or somewhere exactly. in the South Pacific's border. But they're not going to get any public help from, right. from you. Uh, and, yes, some of these kids that are, in fact, unaccompanied with no relatives here, they will go to homes, which are typically run by nonprofits, yep. uh, which have their own funding. They'll get a little bit of government funding. The reality is this is not really costing us. Nope. And think about this. If we actually allowed a lot of these kids to stay, we have a chance of winning the World Cup in 10 years. <laughs> We do. Import, I'm just saying. We're, we're importing, we have any chance importing of winning the World talent. Cup. We're importing uh, talent. We got a chance to win yeah. the World Cup finally. Um, but we, who who is coming in? These these are kids that are not stupid. Many no. of them are on, have not been in school or have been in school for years. You know, the older teenagers. Maybe they're sixth grade. They're hard. Some some of them are hard. I mean, they've been they've had to survive. You know, I and mean, you know, and those with. And here's the other thing. I was watching a, another Fox News tidbit of information citing a disgruntled Border Patrol agent or some crap like that. These people are they are letting them go, and they're getting on airplanes. They're just going right through TSA. They have no ID. <laughs> well, actually, they do uh, have a government-issued ID. Yes, a state-issued ID. Those are ID. all given a little car with their picture right. after a, a government background check, which is right. more than a check you get to get your driver's license exactly. to get on an airplane. Exactly. Where they only check that you don't have any criminal conviction. No, they don't even check that. They, don't, they just check that you're eligible to drive. Yep. Uh, that you don't have any outstanding warrants for your arrest to prohibit you from driving. Otherwise, they give you a driver's yeah. license. So and, and the only reason the government giving an ID, and they're getting on the planes because they're allowed to get on the airplane. Yeah, they're just checking to make sure you're the person who bought the ticket. Because if you weren't allowed to buy a ticket, you would have been flagged previous to your uh, your passage uh, through through TSA at the airport. But you know, it, it just goes to show that that that's what's happening. Is you have both you both sides trying to politicize this. I mean, yeah. it, you, you disgruntled border agent. Oh, they're letting in gang members. Take Terrorists yeah. coming in are going to be a I'm no. Telling you, I'm telling it's you, not the that case. there is like the drudge today. Endless wave floods across. Uh, uh, actually, the numbers are down dramatically because it's just 40%. it just started last month. Yeah, yeah, it's actually been going on for four <laughs> years. But yeah, it started it, 2011. Yeah, fiscal year uh, 2011, uh, October 2011 is when we started statistically to see the surge, see the surge of uh, refugees. So right? It's not new. Nope. Uh, but if there are signs of gang activity, mm-hmm. tattoos, behavior, signals. 
Yeah. I'm telling you, they're probably not letting these guys If you have tears no tatted way. on your face, you're going to hang out for a little while till they figure out who you exactly are. Exactly right. Okay? Okay. And I don't feel bad for you if you if in that case because you chose to tat tears on now, your face. Now, he, here is <laughs> a little bit of irony. Um, do, do you know who Jose Antonio Vargas is? Uh. No. He is the Washington Post reporter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who came out as undocumented. Yep, yep, yep. Well, apparently he didn't quite understand all the immigration laws, (laughs) and he decided to go see the mess at the border for himself as a journalist. Got a little problem in Texas, though, when you go to the border. Anywhere near it. And you want to leave. Who's at the airport when you fly out? The Border Patrol. Yep. They picked him up yesterday. They picked him up at McAllen. They have a right to check every. They can check your ID, David. They can ask two hundred fifty miles of the border. Hundred. It's 100. Oh, it's a hundred. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, two fifty. Okay. Oh my God. I thought it was. T- I thought it was two fifty no, for Florida, sure. They yeah. can stop, at least there's a swath of middle Florida. <laughs> middle Florida where you can safely. Uh, uh, safely. No. That's still a hundred miles. Though. I mean, that's that seven. covers uh, pretty like much the entire Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got. Uh, they stopped him at the airport, put him in detention said center, and information on why he was detained was immediately available. Because he has no valid immigration document. He has no permission to be in the U.S. He was what his grandfather bought him here when he was 12 years old, and he didn't know until he was late in high school he was undocumented. He had no idea. He had no idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wrote the new film that's just out, documented, that aired just a couple weeks ago on CNN. Really a very interesting film. Uh, Certainly worth watching that, as well as Underwater Dreams. Also a a great movie to watch about these kids from Phoenix uh, who won the MIT Robotics Contest. They were undocumented kids from Phoenix High School. Shocker. Um, So... uh, that I mean that's just that that's just an example. This shows you enforcement works. Yeah. They are enforcing yeah. the they law. They are enforcing they the are hell out of it. They are detaining people. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he didn't look like he just got off the pickle boat. I'm sure he right. looked fine. He had luggage with him. And but they, that enforcement strategy on the southern border the is law. exactly right, because he's been in New York and D.C., which are both within 100 miles of the border. Right. But which border patrol agents don't walk around New York City saying, "Hey, let me see your ID. Let me see your ID. Let me see ID," because public pressure would be overwhelming. They'd be like, and they stop doing this. And they, but they do it in the northern border. You yep. know, the bus stations in Buffalo and along uh, along, along the, the New York border, uh, border uh, of the Canada U.S. and Michigan yeah. and Detroit, they do it. They do it on the southern border. Yep. They just do, do, don't do it on the coast. Yeah. Um, Let me. Uh, I got a question for you because we talked about this earlier in the show. Um, it's kind of collateral to the uh, the whole enforcement thing of you know uh, the administration wanting to send these people back rapidly and stuff. Uh, you know, I think that the next shoe to drop is when you start seeing. Uh, and I, I want to know how, what you think about this. The next shoe to drop in this is when you start seeing pictures and hearing stories of the people who. Uh, Basically exhausted their life savings to come and are sent back and literally are in a worse position than mm-hmm. before they came. They are ripe for exploitation, oh, yeah. uh, and there is no system, uh, there is no social safety net in these countries. Uh, I mean, the the gangs a lot of times are the only ones providing any sort of social safety net. Yeah. Do we really want to drive people into the arms of these gangs? It's, it's, it's a terrible situation. It's, it's going to be uh, that's going to be worse than the eyesore that refugee camps would be on the border when you start seeing stories and pictures of what happens to these kids and their moms or uh, whoever when they get uh, when they get sent back to these countries. There's nothing in place to help them. Now, nothing. There is a report just out from the El Paso Intelligence Center. An elite Fusion law Center. enforcement elite. memo. What, have you ever heard of the El Paso Intelligence Center? Uh, Otherwise known as EPIC? I'm sure that they have sweet multicam uniforms with okay. the latest in gear. Okay. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I never heard of these guys. Uh, but they leaked a memo to Breitbart, Texas, and reveals that homicide rates in Central America suggest violence is likely not the primary cause of the surge of thousands of families. Oh, I want to hear what this it is. This is great. Oh. Um, 
the EPIC report, uh, according to the official DEA website, this is initially set by the DEA, EPIC now contains representatives from a host of law enforcement agencies and there's a whole host. Yeah, it's like a fusion center, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, the crisis will continue until misperceptions of, about U.S. immigration events were no longer prevalent. The report states that immigrants cited Univision and other outlets as having shaped their views on U.S. immigration policy. Oh, Another implication is that family members already in the U.S. are encouraging minors to come and or- organizing the travel. That's true. No, no, absolutely, oh, because absolutely they, because when they do have kids, I, I've had numerous consultations recently yeah. with people who don't bring your kids. They, they're they're, they they're here with TPS, but they can't go back and forth as easily as they used to, and so they just want to bring their kids up. Don't, yeah, don't bring your kids, but keep going about this. Epi- these these cats so are they, so they, out of they, touch. The Border Patrol interviewed children and migrant families apprehended in the Rio Grande Valley. Of the 230 interviewed, 219 cited the primary reason for immigrating was the perception of U.S. immigration laws granting free passes or permisos and adult OTMs other than Mexicans traveling with minors. <laughs> Migrants indicated the knowledge of the permisos was widespread in Central America through the word of mouth, local and international media messaging, prompting many to depart for the U.S. within 30 days becoming aware of these perceived benefits. Mm. Um, a majority of members also know they are in family units because a mother and child under the age of 18 during their journey, and the families that indicated they planned to surrender to the U.S. but they informed they were likely to be released. Which is true. No, no, absolutely. But, but is this is this doing because Obama's doing it? No, no. This is no. this is misperception in the media and the and the cartels doing this, right? Because they, at the end of the day, a business. Let's take a break here on America's Web Radio. Uh, this is Chuck Cook and Rocky Rockland, host of the Immigration Hour. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano. O tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the final segment of the Immigration Hour on America's Web. Final segment. Rocky has been advocating for Walmart to sell drugs. No. Uh, to the lowest. Uh, that's that's the best. That's that's what media does. We we have an off-air conversation about legalizing drugs. I make that one statement. I, I know you're not doing it. You're it's tongue in cheek, but that's what happens. Like people's statements are t- completely taken out of context. But I will say this: I think a big solution that legalizing drugs will not only solve some of the root causes of this; it'll solve all kinds of other problems in our society. And here's the deal, folks. Folks, the reason if you, if you legalize drugs, Walmart is going to sell it. I don't care how awesome you are at a criminal enterprise, Walmart will get the price down, and there will be no there will be no incentive to do it. Because guess what? Walmart will do just like it does with General Mills and all these other cereal companies. Hey, we're going to pay this price per unit for your cereal. 
we're not paying 18000 a key for Coke. We're going to give you $5 because that's about <laughs> what it's worth. And guess what? Walmart will sell it. And if you think they won't, you're crazy because they will. <laughs> drugs are socially acceptable enough. That, and this isn't a commentary on whether you should, shouldn't use drugs. This is not a commentary. Because you shouldn't use drugs. Right. But this is not a commentary on the morality of, of it at all. Its bottom line is there's money in drugs because they're prohibited. If Walmart starts selling them, overnight you get the crime out of it. Also, box. There we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's um, there. There is so much information out there yep. on this issue, uh, and there's just remarkable amounts of misinformation on this issue. It's almost more misinformation. Yeah, you know, the problem is because the experts on this, many <laughs> of them are newly minted experts, newly because they <laughs> lived in Honduras or they live on the border or because they had a friend who was an undocumented immigrant, right? Uh, there are no easy answers to this problem. No. And there are no easy ways to point to the cure of this problem, uh, nor are there easy reasons to say why this happened. There's lots of different reasons why this happened. Mm-hmm. And it's it's part based upon the perception that you'll be able to stay here. It's part, Absolutely. part based upon the violence you're facing. It's part based on the advocacy of drug lords down there yeah. that, or the trafficking folks that bring people up. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different things going on here. Part of it is a result of our own laws. Uh, Our interference laws, in electoral politics in these countries in the 80s. What I loved, interesting, <laughs> we passed the Wilbur Wilberforce Act in, 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 a, in, a, in a complete unanimous the, 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 the what act? Wilbur, isn't it Wilbur Wilberforce? Is that's, the, that's the 2008 act. Oh, yeah, the, TV, uh, the TVP Traffic Victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Traffic Victims. Reauthorization Protection Act. But it's the Wilbur Wilberforce Act. Right, right. And it is a – that was done unanimously saying, look how good we are. I pat myself on the back. We're good we're, people. We're but awesome. Be, but interesting, when it becomes inconvenient to us right. to actually apply it, we want to do away with it. Right. So it was okay when the problem was tiny. Yeah. But it's not really. We're not. When, it's when too there much were low now, numbers of that. people being trafficked screw and exploited, that. hey, awesome, you guys rule. Now uh, that the numbers are uh, now that it's not politically expedient for you to be. Uh, to, to be in favor of that, like, ah, this is causing it. And you know what? Guess what? That's 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 just making the symptoms worse. That's not a cause of why people are coming here. That's just the the strictures and things that we put in place with that are some of the uh, – are, are kind of what's cause, uh, causing the, the, the crisis once people get here. But you're right, Chuck. The, the bottom line is there's so many causes to this that run so much deeper than just – I'd be intellectually dishonest if I said that there was no portion of it that is people thinking they're going to come and and get some sort of status. That obviously exists out there. I'm not dumb enough to try to advance that theory. But at the same time, recognize that it is not an illegal immigrant crisis. It is a refugee crisis. And we have – like I've repeated numerous times today, we have the statutory scheme in place to deal with this as a humanitarian issue and legal – and uphold the law as well as apply compassion. And that's – Unfortunately, both sides just uphold the law. Can no compassion? Yeah. Compassion? We're not upholding the law. It's crazy. Uh, it's uh, Fox News in their never-ending yeah. search to increase hyperbole in our in a daily lexicon. Uh, now, uh, the newest uh, article on this from this morning is uh, endless wave endless of illegal immigrants floods the Rio Grande Valley. So there's actually a I used, double. I like floods. There's a yes. double use of water. In this, it's very nice. It's just wave, like endless wave, which floods the Rio Grande Valley. They're um, just rolling in, and just rolling in. Uh, and here it is: life jackets of all sizes and the occasional punctured raft 
are strewn along the banks of the Rio Grande, just south of Mission, Texas, where a relentless onslaught of illegal immigrants eagerly surrender to beleaguered Border Patrol agents around the clock. Is that like a writing class introduction oh, to a, your new novel? You, you know why that's not true? Because if there, if it was, Fox News would have art and they would be plastering it everywhere. But short of them going and placing life jackets and, of all sizes yeah. uh, and punctured rafts all along the bank. Strewn. Which, which they are not above doing. No. Uh, they're, uh, they're, it's just not happening, folks. And, and here's a statement of fact. This is a reporter, right? It's a cycle for which there is no end in sight. I, does she talking to God? Does she know these things? Yeah. Uh, now, here, she quotes a... Clearly clever She's going to quote a Fernando, an El Salvadoran child. We don't really know how old Fernando is. You're going to be out here a long time, Fernando said. There are thousands of us. Of course, that leads the story then, right? Yes. Okay, so there's thousands of them. So the size of two high schools. Uh, right? right, yeah. A couple high schools. At 800 people in my graduating class. Yeah. Three, three of my high school grad... One, my, one high school. So one high school, several thousand, kids. several thousand people, thousands of us. Okay, yeah. um, crisis. I mean, I'm just saying, we we can't deal with that. What if we really had a flood, David? What about this? What if we really? No, had no. A flood, think about David. this. Let's say in the next next presidential election in Mexico, the socialist candidate wins. Okay, you think there's going to be a flood of immigrants? Then this is nothing compared if there was actual upheaval in Mexico. Yep. This is nothing. Yeah. And we're saying we can't handle this? Yeah. I mean, how many this people are in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador? This. I mean, maybe a tenth of the population Dude, we were, of Mexico? We were handling 1.4 million immigrants a year illegally caught back in 2005. Yeah. This is 60,000. This is a bad day. <laughs> it's exactly. This is a bad day back then. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting to me how... It's, this has been a politicized. In yeah, such that's a way. exactly why. It's, now here, here's why it's, here's the downside of this. I've been getting this question a lot last week. Is Obama going to do something positive on immigration? Remember, before the crisis hit the news, the idea was that Obama was going to act. We've talked about the things Take that he could do. Take some sort of unilateral action. With Does this impact that? And and people they ask me, what's he going to do? Here's my prognostication. All right, you give yours, and I'm going to give mine. Okay. They're probably the same. This is. An inconvenient time Fair for this to happen for Obama. Yep, because he, I think he he feels not a moral obligation because I don't know how much of a moral obligation no, no, he may no. feel. <laughs> I think he feels a political obligation. There you go to create some sort of temporary work permit program for people with long term residence in the United States. Work permits and travel cards. That's All it. right. I think he feels a compunction to do that. He won't do travel cards except they have the emergency. Right, right, right. He'll he'll do work permits. And there's no doubt he was going to do that after Congress recessed. Right. Now, here's the inconvenience. If Congress does not address this issue before recess, and that's a possibility because these people are He's got to do it. Well, I don't think he will. I think he will hold off because think about this. If he then creates, while this crisis Remains sort of unresolved. Action, right? He creates another incentive for illegals to come into the no U.S. Politically. He can't do it. But that's that's he can't do it. But see, that's the thing is, I think he will act on this, and I think he is. The administration is making use of this crisis to basically say, "Hey, we're going to deport these people quick. We're going to get them out of here." 
to bolster its enforcement. But they've been saying predict- that for no, six years. I think that they can use this to. Well, no, they have been saying it, but I think they can use this because this is going to be in the news. You're going to be putting people on. I mean, they had this one, the first flight uh, deports Honduran kids uh, under fast track push. I think he's using this so that. Uh, and again, there is absolutely no part of me that thinks this is driven by any moral mandate or anything. It's political 100%. I think they're using this to say, hey, if we do this, we won't be vulnerable when we do take unilateral action sometime later in the year or early well, next year. I have to read this other quote from this amazing reporter who apparently is writing a novel uh, It's because this is going to only be fiction. Tens of thousands of illegal immigrants have flocked to the U.S. in recent months. Tens of thousands. Believing the DREAM Act, which doesn't exist, <laughs> as well as a 2008 law that grants an asylum here to any child not from a border nation. And the White House policy knows price of discretion once they, means once they arrive, they'll never have to go back. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just, despite the report from <laughs> Epic, that's not, what, that's not what my experience has been with the people I've talked to. No. Uh, not my, mine what's either. great is this is presented as fact, as if there is no other single reason this is happening. why people are coming. It's clearly because uh, they heard that they could get DACA. I mean, who are they writing to? Oh, it's Fox News. Fox News. I hope her fiction novel comes out well. I will buy it. I think her writing is tight. I think it's uh, creative. The prose is perfect. Uh, and I love It's almost science fiction in some ways. Um, so I, I do look forward to reading her new novel when it comes out. Oh, oh no, it gets better, though. Uh, most of the illegal immigrants appear to be in clean clothes and good health. The biggest complaint Fox News heard was from a child who had lost a shoe. All look very happy to have finally brought new soil. That's awesome. Okay. That is okay. awesome. But appearances are deceiving, one border source says. Now, what the hell is a border source? Is that where you get your water from? I mean, what's a border? David, you live on the border. What's a border oh, source? That is awesome. Okay. Many of them have scabies or scabies. I don't know. Lice, really. And sometimes no serious infectious diseases that have not manifested themselves yet. What do they have, Ebola? <laughs> I mean, they have some, they have some diseases of public health significance that oh my you can take care of. Well, here's the problem. The people that only watch or read Fox News will then read this drivel. <laughs> I agree. That's and, the problem. Uh, and it goes on and on and on. You know, the, the really sad part about this is that Israel Cardosa and Kay Cruz contributed to this report. Shame on you. Border Shame on border you for sources. not being accurate in your reporting. Yeah. I mean, there are two sides. This I would say the same with the Slate articles that say it's all based upon violence. Exactly. You know, no, it's, the articles that don't way tell more the whole compli- truth. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. way more complicated than what – there's no one root cause of this. And uh, to, to say there there is, I mean, you're just intellectually dishonest or completely ignorant. So we got to wrap it up today, Chuck. I do got to say this, the Go. last quote here. In, uh, Border Patrol agents are saying that for decades they have had to chase down undocumented immigrants. Now we they, used to chase after them. Now, now they're they chasing chase after us. us. Uh, it's been a good, good week, uh, and uh, we look forward to next uh, Tuesday. Today, I'm actually not going to be here next Tuesday. Oh, I have you're going to have to email me a gardening update. Uh, I am. Good. I am. My garden's doing well, by the way. Uh, I have a meeting with the Milk of the America Committee. So it's great to be with you, David. Thank you for your help on this. Hopefully, you'll, you'll tell your friends to download. Uh, Check us out on iTunes, Immigration Hour, along with some of the other one and one and fun shows, shows on uh, on America's Web Radio, including Undisputed Thursdays nine ten. Listen to it. Thanks a bunch. Good night. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.